Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's Peter Day here, and I hope everyone had a good holiday and New Year. I actually had a great uh, break the last two weeks. It was the first real vacation I've probably literally got it in my entire entrepreneurial career. I mean, it sounds like a joke, but it's not really a joke. I mean, seriously, um, I don't know why or what it is, but we've just been so busy the last like 10 to 12 years that it was hard to take any time away. And I think part of it too is that we came from a place where our backs were against the wall a little bit in a sense, right? So when my brother and I first started our businesses, we were literally, you know, 19 years old in college with like no money to our names. And, um, it was hard to be taking vacations when there was nothing coming in and when we were trying to build something off the ground. And then what happened is we got into this weird kind of cycle where it's like even when we started to get success, we were kind of always afraid that the success would disappear. So it's like even when we were successful, we never really took much vacation because we were thinking, oh, well, you know, what if something just falls apart or something, right? So we feel like we're finally learning, you know, 10 years later, 12 years later, we're finally learning. And, um, it was not only a good vacation for me the last couple of weeks, but it was a good vacation for the whole company. What I basically told the company is, listen, guys, we've worked so hard this year that, you know, I just think everyone deserves some time off. I just told everyone that what we're going to do for the second couple of weeks of December is just take it easy and, you know, maybe just put in the bare minimum, right? Like maybe it's not zero work, but it's like 10%, 5% of your normal work or something. Just make sure that, you know, the wheels are still turning, but we don't need to be, you know, going nuts trying to produce something um, in the last two weeks of December when we have the whole year ahead of ourselves. So now we're here in the new year, we're refreshed, we're fired up, and we're ready to bring things to the next level in our business this year. And this brings me to the podcast here. So guys, what I want to talk about in the podcast this week is a little bit about systems and business models and mostly models. I mean, what I realized is that you really have to know what you're doing in terms of a business model. There's too much in our industry, affiliate marketing, internet marketing. There's a lot of very unprofessional businesses. And what I mean by that is that it's an industry where there's a lot of businesses where it's like a guy in his mom's basement or like some business partners in an attic or something, right? It's like there's there can be some very, very, you know, bootleggy type of businesses in our industry, like a lot of them. If you go to Affiliate Summit conferences or Affiliate World, right? It's not like that common that there's like large organizations there. It's like, when was the last time you've gone to an affiliate summit and there's like a billion dollar company or like a $5 billion company or even like the $500 million companies in our industry have been like very rare. There's just not that many of them in our direct industry for some reason or another. Um, there's a lot of businesses that size, maybe in the traditional ad agency sphere 
or doing other things like data analytics and cybersecurity and things that are crossly related to our industry. But if you're just talking about the industry of performance marketing, affiliate marketing, which is basically an industry of doing ad agency type of things, but it's on a performance level. Basically, you only get paid when a result happens, right? Like whether it's a CPA or a cost per lead. But if you look around our industry, again, it's not like that developed. It, it, it's kind of like it is, but it isn't, right? You walk into a conference, sure, there's some big companies displaying at booths, and sure, there's some sizable companies, but it's not the norm. When you walk around the trade show floor, it's like 95% of every company is just like some thing that a guy started in his garage or whatever, right? It, it's just, it's a lot of this kind of mom and pop kind of stuff where it's not that um, professional. It's not that like mainstream. It's not that, it's not much of a a real organization. And, that, and that's something that we've realized over the years. And it's been causing us to make our business more legit is the best way to put it. I mean, because it's almost like I've been making fun of what we were for the last eight or nine years. I mean, trust me, my brother and I started in our mom's basement, right? It's like, so that's just a little bit of maybe how our industry works. But what we realize is this. What we realized is if we want to make big money in this industry, we have to think higher level than the normal person is doing. In And this doesn't just go for um, affiliate marketing or internet marketing. This is kind of anything. I mean, let's say that you own a restaurant, right? It's like for you to do better and to be better and to be bigger than the other restaurants around you, you're going to have to be doing things that they're not doing. Whether those are more strategic things, better marketing, better advertising, maybe it's higher level things, maybe you just make better food, maybe you have better customer service, maybe your hospitality is just much better, maybe you're just willing to go the extra mile. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but literally in some of my past podcasts, I just talk about going the extra mile. It's like, how annoying is it? I For all of you guys that live in cities like New York City, um, Vegas, whatever, right? If you live in a city you can always find a restaurant at like midnight or one in the morning or 10 a.m. or something. But folks like me that live up in New Hampshire and even folks that live in smaller cities, how annoying is it if you're out and about and it's like 9 p.m. or 8 p.m. or 9.30 and you can't find a restaurant that's open? It's like, my goodness, like what if just one or two restaurants in some more rural areas actually decided that they would go the extra mile and be like the one restaurant that was actually open until 10 at night when there was absolutely no other choices. Maybe they would attract more business. Maybe the people that go there in the evening would be like, huh, like I really like these folks. They're more accommodating. Maybe I'm going to go to their restaurant a little bit more during the day and they can win over market share, right? So it's it doesn't matter what industry you're in, you have to be thinking to yourself, how can I be better, smarter, work harder, b- bigger, more proficient, have more leverage, have more skills, whatever it is, you have to have a leg up on your competition. And 
you're not going to be able to do that if you're doing the exact same thing as other people. If you're doing the exact same thing, you're just going to get the same result as the other people. And in fact, you even risk getting a worser result if for some reason you're not even doing the exact same thing completely properly or something, right? So you have to be thinking, how can I get a leg up? And how you can get a leg up is by using different points of leverage. So some different points of leverage, and there's many of them, and I'll throw out some examples, is a lot of skills are actually leverage. And this is what I'm learning lately, is a lot of people think that leverage is other people's time, other people's money. That's true. That's part of it. But what I'm realizing lately is that leverage is not only utilizing delegation. It's not only utilizing other people's time, but leverage is also the actual skills that you and your organization have. Let's say, for example, your organization builds like some crazy AI program for running Facebook ads, and it literally like makes the ads for you and is like running ads for you all day and you don't even have to hire media buyers because your AI just crushes everyone. It's like, do you realize that that, that's not other people's time really, yet it is in a sense. It's not really other people's money, but it's still a point of leverage. You have this software that you've developed that's just so hot that you just crush anything. Like you literally, you tell the software, okay, we're going to run you know, Windows offer on Facebook and the software is like, yes, Windows, it does all the studying, figures out what the hottest ads are for Windows, puts together the lander, the software is your media buyer, just launches the ads, comes up with like 300, you know, image video variations is like so mechanical about testing everything. So what I'm trying to get at is that in order to have this leg up, that I'm talking about, you are going to have to focus on where you can get leverage because the leverage is what is going to give this leg up really. Like what is going to be your leverage? Is your leverage going to be other people's time? Are you really, really good at just like making other people do your work? Are you really good at delegating, right? Or are you really good at like money? You're like, money is my leverage. Like, let's say you're a business owner. You just, you have like $50 million. You're like, you know what? I don't even have that many skills. I'm not even that good at delegating, but I just like have a boatload of money. And this money is my leverage because wherever I point to this money, like things get done. If I want to, you know, run a Google campaign, I just basically point the money in the Google direction. I hire the best at the Google. I build a company focused around Google. I invest two million on the Google team, right? It's like, maybe that works, right? But you you have to have leverage somewhere. And to have leverage somewhere, it could also be intentional. You don't have to say, oh, I don't have money. So that's never going to be my leverage. Or I don't, I don't have a team. That's going to be my, you know, I don't have a software. You could always have excuses, but what you're going to learn is that you can start creating this leg up by actually deliberately coming up with these points of leverage, right? So let's list out what some different leverage points points are, and we've talked about some of them, right? There's other people's time, 
and other people's money, which is, in my opinion, it's almost like the two foundations of the leverage. It's like you got to have other people's time and you might have to have other people's money. I mean, my brother and I have been very um, self-funded lately, meaning we've been able to just, you know, save up money over the years, use it in the business, etc. But I have to admit, some of our success was very likely from utilizing other people's money a little bit because it was about four or five years ago when we first started scaling in a really big manner, we took out about like a million dollars of credit between like Bank of America, Blue Vine, Cabbage, credit cards, um, Amex, like all these different institutions. We kind of took like quarter million dollars here, quarter million there, and we we pulled some different credit lines from like all different places. It probably added up to like a million bucks or something. And looking back on it, it was probably like a very risky thing to do. Like on the risk um, spectrum, this was probably like up there because what we did was we had only a little bit of money and then we borrowed like a million bucks and then we scaled up on all this borrowed money. And yes, it propelled our business. It took our business to the next level. But looking back on it, it was definitely a risky move because um, what would have happened if there was like some black swan event? Like what if for some reason we borrowed this million bucks from all these banks and like the world blew up. There was like some World War Three, and like none of our clients paid us and we basically went bankrupt because we borrowed a million bucks that we couldn't pay back, right? So thankfully... Nothing crazy like that happened. Thankfully, we paid back all of the money. We basically borrowed the money for about like two years. We drew all we drew all the money. We leveraged it for scaling for like a two-year period where we basically ran for a couple years, basically off of the off of other people's money, quote unquote, right? Plus a combination of our own. And then we gradually paid it back. Like within by year two two and a half, we eventually just paid off all the lines of credit, got debt free on the business level. And, but, but what I'm trying to say is that we did use a point of leverage there. It's not like my brother and I went from having a thousand bucks to our name to having millions of dollars in our name without any help in between. I mean, don't get me wrong. The banks definitely helped us out. They helped us to scale with the lines of credit, the credit cards were helpful, the lines were helpful, and this was all points of leverage. So um, this sounds like so weird, and I don't. It's I'm almost uncomfortable saying it because some of it's like I don't I don't like to get political at, at all, but I'm just gonna say it anyway because it's it's weird, but it it actually taught me a lesson. Okay, so I I was sleeping one night. Okay. This was like many, many years ago, okay? Maybe five or six years ago. And I had this dream, okay? I had this crazy, crazy dream where Donald Trump was just like all in my face. Like I was meeting with Trump and he was like too, like he was kind of like just like nuts, you know, (laughs) it's it's the best way. He's just kind of like nuts. He's a nuts guy. Like it's like, it's like he was very fiery and passionate and just like doing his thing. He's just a little crazy, right? 
But anyway, I had this dream and I'm meeting with Trump and he gets up in my face. Like he, his face gets like one inch um, from, from my face, right? And essentially what happens is he looks me in the eye and he says, do you want to learn how to make a lot of money? And he says, to make a lot of money, you first need to find a good business model, a good business and then the second thing you do is you take other people's money and you build it. Like that was the dream, seriously. That and I I woke up. I'm like, whoa, like that is so, you know, revolutionary, right? It's it's so. It was weird. Like it, the 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 thing was weird. Like that that was it. But it kind of stuck with me. And it's like it was so simple yet so profound. It's like. You know, it's like crazy Donald Trump. You know, if if he's he goes, if you want to make a lot of money, step number one, find a good business, find a good business model, and step number two, use other people's money. Basically, get other people's money to build it. Like he was basically recommending in this dream that you know we basically build like a highly leveraged business or something, and. Look, you have to be responsible with the leverage and you have to be responsible with the borrowing. But I think I learned something from that dream and I was like scratching my head. I'm like, huh, good business model, good business, and then use other people's money to build it. I'm like, it's so simple. And it's probably like literally the, like, it's probably the simplistic definition of like Donald Trump's businesses, right? Find good businesses, find good models, use other people's money. I mean, do you know how much money he's made on real estate and these different projects? You think he funded it all himself in the beginning? Absolutely not. I think they took out so many loans from like the banks and like the government or something. I don't even know the backstory, but that dude, you know, knows leverage inside and out when it comes to borrowing. And I think what this taught me is it taught me that okay he might th- this might be like a tr- a true statement here or something right so th- it was sh- and then shortly thereafter it's like i got more serious about this borrowing stuff i'm like okay so good business model internet marketing good good business use other people's money build the thing right and it's like and that's when i started applying for all these lines of credit with like the bank and the credit unions and the cards and everything and then because you got to realize before we did that we were only able to spend like 3000 bucks a day or 5000 bucks a day on our ads like we had not that much money so it's like you know what i mean cuz that's the thing in the affiliate marketing industry you could have the best media buying team you could have like the best offers you could have the best everything but then if you have no money what are you supposed to do? You're, you're just going to be stuck at like a thousand bucks a day or 500 bucks a day or 2000 bucks a day. It's just, and there's a lot of affiliates out there like that. And what I would actually like to start doing in the industry is somehow begin partnering or investing with or in affiliates that are like this. Cause I'm almost viewing it as like an investment opportunity. So let's say there's a lot of affiliates who are, they're onto something and there's so many of them that are like this. Like the, the affiliate, they have a good campaign. They have a winning campaign. They have like an offer that they own. They have something going for them, 
but then they're lacking the capital to scale it and perhaps they're lacking the expertise to take it to an even higher level. And what I'm interested in doing in 2024 as part of our plans is if we're able to tap into this, I think it could be very powerful because think about it. What if we find 10 or 20 affiliates that have something super hot going for them? Doesn't have to be all, you know, like insurance things or debt relief or whatever. It doesn't have to be the typical kind of thing either that a lot of people are promoting. I mean, let's say someone comes to us and they say, you know what? I'm just, I got like this ebook and the ebook is printing money. It's just like a thousand bucks a day, 100% ROI. This thing is so hot. If we can figure out some way to partner with all these affiliates, whether kind of bringing them onto our organization, investing in their organization, whatever the method is, there is a play here to grow very exponentially by basically becoming a partner slash investor in people, right? Because the, the people in our industry is where the value is at. The value sometimes is in the tools and the tracking and the proprietary things. But for the most part, we're in an industry where the assets are the people. If you can get the best people on your team, you can have the best team, right? If you can invest in the best people or have the best people run the best campaigns, you could have the best campaigns, right? So it's like when you're making an investment in our industry, you're really investing in the people. And this is just something that I've been thinking about. So going back to these leverage points, so first and second point of leverage, other people's money and other people's time, okay? And then some other points of leverage are skills, skills and proprietary things. So for example, uh, let's say you're very, very good at sales. You're just like the best salesperson ever. It's whatever you touch turns to gold, you're the best salesperson. That even though people might not call that leverage, like, you know, because some more traditional thinkers or, you know, leverage is other people's time, other people's money, that's leverage. But in my opinion, leverage is anything that can get you ahead. It's like anything that's like a lever, right? And and skills is one of the biggest leverages. I mean, let's just say you are the best media buyer. You're just like, yeah, I, and and not in like an arrogant way. You're just good. You're like, I am the best media buyer. Anything I touch turns to gold. Any campaign I work on, I can nail. I just got this. That's leverage because what you're going to be able to do is pretty much you could just promote any kind of offer, any kind of good opportunity, and you'll bring that thing to the moon, right? So skills are leverage. Other people's time is leverage. So delegating. Let's say you're a media buyer, but you're just so busy. You don't have time to do anything productive. You're just like constantly spending six hours a day just like making landing pages. And you're like, I can't even get anything done because I just sit around making landing pages all day. Well, maybe you need to take that lever of other people's time and maybe you need to hire a landing page guy to start doing the landers for six hours a day, right? So there's other people's time, other people's money. Skills is a huge leverage point, whether that's media buying skills, sales skills, people skills, communication skills, um, just relational skills. I mean, let's just pretend you're a terrible salesperson. You're like, I can't sell for the life of me. But Let's say you're really, really good at people. You're like, you know what? 
I can't sell, but if you give me a client, I will work that client so well, that client's going to love me, that client's going to love the company, and that's my expertise, right? So these skills vary, but all of this can be leveraged for you and your company. The skills, the other people's time, other people's money, um, some other points of leverage is, again, having something proprietary. Like let's say you do have a really cool software. Let's say you're running lead generation and you built some like crazy software that's like better than Everflow, better than Tune, and it's some crazy thing that just somehow generates leads at like half the price or you know what whatever it is right and nobody knows about it because it's like so special you haven't even told anyone and it's what i'm trying to say here is that in order to be bigger and in order to be better you have to think to yourself where am i going to have the leverage am i going to cuz i've laid out four points of leverage so far right we got other people's time other people's money we got skills and we got proprietary things, whether that's a code, a software, a script, a landing page creator, whatever it is, right? So code, proprietary, proprietary things, skills, other people's time, other people's money. So now what you can begin analyzing is, well, where is it realistic for me to have these points of leverage? Because what you might say to yourself is like, you know what? When it comes to that money thing, I don't know. That's not leverage for me. Like, I don't have any money. I don't have other people's money. But then what you might realize is, you know what? You know what's really leveraged to me is this skill thing. It's like, I am a good media buyer. I am a really good, you know, communicator. I am really good at building relationships. So then what you do is you begin to start working where your strengths are, start building up those more. And then the other things can fall into place. Because let's face it, not everyone might be the best at all of these different points of leverage. Like even our company, we're probably not like the best at like the other people's money thing. I mean, even though we did borrow some money and get our business off the ground with it and um, paid it back and debt free and stuff, right? I'm sure there's some companies out there that are just like far more savvy with that kind of leverage where they're just like borrowing, you know, like hundreds of millions of dollars and just like building a billion dollar company off of that leverage and just doing much greater things in a much greater way with that kind of leverage, right? But then what I'm trying to say here is that you need to figure out what, which of these point of leverage could actually be a leg up for you. Focus on those. But then you might want to be working on the other ones as well. I mean, just going back to the different examples, I would say our company is very, very good at the skills. Like one, one of the best. So if I were to analyze our company, where we have the most leverage right now is probably skills and other people's time. We're really, really, really good at what we do. We're really good at, at selling. We're really good at acquiring clients. We're really good at handling and managing clients. We're really good at media buying. We're really good at um, just like data science, like analyzing the data as it comes in. We're really good at being visionaries. We're, the skills are definitely good. We're really good at... Um, other people's time, like we're really good at building out an organization, having people in place, doing the right things. But you know where we're not so good at right now? We're not the best at like the proprietary things. Like sure, we have a couple proprietary things in our business, but it's not like we have some crazy, you know, arsenal of things that is just like so, so much 
leverage and so nuts and stuff, right? So, and then right now we're probably not really utilizing the other people's money perhaps to the fullest that it could be, right? Because maybe there's some opportunity there, right? We want to be careful and there's probably a reason why we haven't been just borrowing money left and right is because we don't want to do something dumb and lose the money and go bankrupt or something, right? But um, every one of these tools could be used to your advantage. And the, the key is having that leg up though, because you could be working all day, every day, 16 hours a day. You could be working your butt off, but if you don't have that leg up, you might not get ahead. And that's that's just the, the truth of it. So what I want you to do from this podcast, and I'm going to keep this one a little bit shorter and sweet today. What I really want you to think about is where are your strengths? Like out of those different things that I outlined, do you think that your strengths are the skills? Do you think your strengths are more the proprietary softwares? Do you think your strengths are more utilizing other people's time and energy? Or do you think your strength is more utilizing other people's money? Figure out where you're strong at and hone into those strengths. Like if your strengths are the skills, try to make your skills better. Work on making the skills better and work on gaining complementary skills. Like if you're a very, very good media buyer and you're extremely good at like making video ads, but you're just like pretty bad at making image ads, maybe try to improve that skill, right? So if your leverage is the skill, try to improve the skill. But then what I also want you to do as well is I want you to think about where have I not been so great at? Let's say you're thinking to myself like, man, I, I'm just not that good at the other people's time. It's like I'm doing everything myself. I have no team. It's important to know and to be honest with yourself, where are you good and where are you bad? And if you come to the conclusion that let's say you're bad at the other people's time, you can begin working on it. Um, I've always been a recommendation. The way that we've built our business has always been one person at a time. We've never done any kind of mass um, hiring thing where we've gone out and gotten like 20 or 50 people at the same time, or we've, we've just never done that. We've always been very calculated and very mathematical about who we hire. And we've also been picky, like for someone to be a part of our company, it's like really hard. It's, 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 it's really, really difficult. We don't, we've hardly opened the door for hiring. We've, it's, if, if we do do the hiring, it's, it's just so picky that almost, no one can hardly join. It's, it's right. So, but the way we've handled it is we've always handled it one person at a time. And I really do believe that there's wisdom behind that because what's also weird is whenever we've tried to hire a couple people at a time, it seems to have not worked out. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's never going to work out, but for example, last fall, when we did that big media buyer hiring round, I'm not sure if you remember, but it was, um, maybe it was, Late summer last year, we did this publicity thing where we we posted a YouTube video like this. We blasted our email list, which is over 12,000 followers in the industry. And then we also blasted on LinkedIn, right? We did this big publicity thing. We're hiring for media buyers. And when we did that, we got 80 applications for media buyers, literally 80 people applied to be our, our, you know, a media buyer on our team. And we had the luxury of interviewing about 30 of them. So a huge sample size. And then out of those 30 applicants, we actually decided 
kind of against our principles that we would hire two. We decided we're like, ah, we don't really know who to go with, so we're just going to hire two. And looking back on it, I don't have any regrets about it. But what's kind of interesting is this. We we ended up hiring two media buyers. So it, it was about 80 applied, 50 were a bust, like 50 we didn't even want to interview at all because they, there was just such a lack of uh, past experience and success and stuff. And then we interviewed about 30. Out of those 30, we actually formally hired two. But then out of those two, what happened was one of them was kind of a bust because they they were just kind of sneaky. Like they wanted to join our team to be a media buyer, but I think that they were just trying to join to get information, really. Like Because what happened was they were supposed to be our new media buyer and what they were doing was they were just taking information that they were learning from us in terms of like what campaigns were doing and what verticals were doing and things like that and then they they were basically on the side just kind of like stealing like business from us and and thankfully we were able to catch it uh really early actually because what happened was um I went to affiliate summit and I this is a crazy story so I went to affiliate summit and guess who I run into at Affiliate Summit? I run into this media buyer that's supposed to be our brand new media buyer. And I, was, I say, like, what's going on here? Like, this is this is kind of weird, right? <laughs> like, I'm at Affiliate Summit. This guy that I was just hired to be, like, our new media buyer, he's kind of running around Affiliate Summit trying to, like, hustle his own business. He's, like, trying to spin up campaigns and, I mean... It was as if he was not on our team at all. And what's even weirder is I, he saw me, like he bumped into me at one of these receptions and he was like so freaked out to have saw, it was almost like I caught him, right? It's like he bumped, he bumped into me at one of these receptions and he was, oh, 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 hi, Peter. Oh, how's, okay, gotta go. And he, he kind of ran off and I, I literally stepped outside and I called my brother. I'm like, dude the weirdest thing just happened. Like I ran into our new media buyer at this conference and he just like bumped into me and then ran away as soon as he saw me, barely even said hi. And then he's just clearly like running around, like just operating his own business. Like he's he was basically pretending to be interested in being our media buyer so that he could just steal campaigns and run him on the side. So I called my brother and we just fired the guy the next day, right? So we got rid of him, boom, out. So you know what's funny? I really believe that a lot of things happen for a reason. I don't think it's an accident that I went to Affiliate Summit, went to that reception, was there for 45 minutes, and I bump into the guy that we just hired and fully discovered that he was basically sneaking and stealing stuff on the side. You know, it's like, I'm thankful that that happened, right? Because we were able to get, we literally hired this dude, and then a couple weeks later, bumped into him there, figured out the truth of what was going on, boom, fired out. And then since we did hire two people in that hiring round, we kept the other guy, which has been absolutely fantastic choice. Um, Great worker, great guy, starting to get some good success already. And we've been really happy with it. So our hiring process has been one person at a time. 
We've never had success doing the bulk hiring thing, not to say that we won't in the future. But what I also like about this principle of one at a time is you're able to be very thoughtful and picky about it. You, you know, it's like if you want to go hire, you know, salespeople, let's say to join your company and you go get like 10 of them at the same time. It's like, well, I don't know. It's like, how are you being that thoughtful about that? It's like, maybe you are, but maybe you aren't. And even if you do hire 10 at the same time, you're just going to find yourself firing like nine of them and keeping the one that is your favorite anyway, maybe. But, and who knows, maybe that's a strategy. But guys, what I want you to learn here is I just wanted you to learn some good things, right? That's the point of the podcast is for you to learn good things so that you can improve your business, do better things, bigger things. And also my goal is to bring this industry to a much higher level. I think it's a problem that you go to a affiliate summit and there's like no real monster companies. Like, yes, there's a bunch of companies that are like the mom and pop thing, the guy running ads in his bedroom. There's tons of companies like that. But again, it's very, very rare. When was the last time you've ever gone to one of these shows? And there's like a $10 billion company, $2 billion company, $800 million. It's very, very, it's been very, very rare. So my goal in the industry is to not only build our company to that size. Our, for us, we really have a bigger goal. I mean, it sounds crazy, but... I always like to stay humble about it because I, I have this opinion that if you're if you're too cocky about it, you could really be holding yourself back, right? Because, and I just also don't think it's a good vibe. It's just like no one wants to hang around with cocky people. It's just like, it's not pleasant, right? But even with our company, I just don't think we're even scratching the surface of what's possible. I mean, last year, we're still finalizing the numbers, but I think we did almost $90 million of revenue last year, 90 million. Okay, the profit on that was a bunch, right? I won't even say the number because it's a lot. And maybe I don't need to be saying that publicly. But what I'm trying to say here is that it's like, I, I don't even view that as like, that big, right? I'm what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make my mindset bigger so that I'm not just all weird about the 90 million, right? So what's running through my mind is that it's like, man, like what what do we need to do to get up to like a couple hundred million dollars a year, five hundred million dollars a year, a billion dollars a year, more. Maybe we need to expand more. Maybe we need to do different things. Maybe we need to broaden our horizons in what we're doing in the industry. Maybe the maybe the performance marketing, maybe the affiliate marketing stuff is only actually going to go to like $400 million a year. Like maybe there is some kind of ceiling on like what's possibly possible with that model. Whatever that ceiling is, whether it's like $300 million a year, a billion dollars a year, maybe it's a billion. I do know a couple of companies in our industry that are doing performance marketing and they are around 1 billion. It's very rare, but I mean, just uh, just take ClickBank. ClickBank Marketplace with all those offers. ClickBank has finally, they do about $1 billion a year in um, in revenue on their different VSLs and their different offers. They've been around for decades. And in my opinion, it's a really great example and it's a really good success story of what's possible so i look up to clickbank 
I like what they're doing. I like the, I like the example that they're setting. Uh, a company in our space doing uh, near or over $1 billion a year on revenue. I mean, that's awesome. And there should be more examples like that in our space is what I'm saying. So what would be nice is that, you know, let's step up the game and maybe you, maybe I, people listening to this, companies listen to this can be those next billion dollar, half a billion dollar companies, right? So guys, I hope that this, you've got a bunch of tips from this, right? At the very minimum, just at the very minimum, I hope this pumped you up, right? You can, whenever I do a podcast, it pumps me up because it just reminds me how passionate I am about this stuff. And I, I, I hope I hope at just the very least that the podcast just motivates you, it pumps you up and you're ready to go crush it in whatever you're doing. Um, a few notes. So uh, the timing of this podcast is not going to be perfect for this announcement, but we'll see. Okay. Because full transparency, I'm recording this podcast on a Friday and it's not actually going to be released to the market place until, you know, a couple days later. But at the time that you're listening to this video, it's very possible that I am at, um, the lead gen world conference in Florida. So the, there's a conference in Florida called lead generation world, and it runs here from January 7th all the way until I believe January 10th. And I'm going to be at that conference. So if you want to meet up or say, hi, I know I'm, I have a lot of meetings planned already, but you'll probably see me there. Um, some other conferences that are coming up this year as well is there is an affiliate summit west shortly there after um and we're still trying to figure out what our representation is going to be there if any uh there's also some cool conferences later in the year like leeds con is always a great conference and there's also niche conferences so i what i recommend people to do as well is they can get involved in conferences that are more related to what they're doing so let's say for example you're really getting into the legal space so you're really getting into mass torts or you're really getting into personal injury. There was a conference that I went to three months ago that called Mass Torts Made Perfect. And it, that kind of company is uh, conference is very, very good. It's, it's good to go to specific conferences. So another example is, let's say you're extremely into solar, right? There's literally solar conferences where like all the solar companies have a booth. They're talking about their products and their services. And that's just an example of a way where you can really tap into that more. So I'm a big fan of going to conferences that are very particular to the industry that you're doing, right? Like if you're getting into debt relief, why not Google, why don't you research like what the best financial kind of conferences are where these various debt relief companies would go to and sometimes these kind of conferences could be harder to get business from though you have to be very stealthy maybe maybe stealthy is the wrong word but maybe kind of sharky like if you show up to a financial conference right it's not the same as showing up to like an affiliate summit where everyone is talking about the payout or the right is is a little bit different. It's almost like you're intruding on their conference. So um it's been a strategy that has been working, but it's it's very simple. You just have to research conferences that are in your your industry and um 
verticals that you want and there's conferences for everything like let's say you're getting into education there's all these conferences for edu higher education conferences um there's a conference for everything really is what we're learning here so it's pretty endless but yeah what you're going to want to do is just get out there um do what you're you're doing do what you're good at it, it expand on what you're good at and then figure out what you're bad at and try to improve what you're bad at. I think there's a saying out there as well where people are teaching this, oh, just work on, just focus on your strengths. Just You, you just focus on your strengths and everything is going to fall into play. I, I don't completely agree with that. I think you have to focus on the strengths, but I think you have to be completely transparent with your weaknesses. I think you have to be transparent on what you're bad at and you need to make sure you're not dropping the ball at what you're bad at. Like I was saying on the audio earlier, if you're really good at media buying or really good at sales or really good at building out offers, really good at running a network, like whatever whatever you do, right? If you're really good at it, but then you just stink at delegating, you're just terrible at utilizing other people's time or a team, then you should really work on the skill as well that you're bad at because it just doesn't make sense to only work on the strength and to ignore the weakness. So I would recommend focus on the strengths, expand upon the strengths but make sure you're very diligently accepting the fact that yes okay i have been weaker in these certain areas and diligently work on improving them so guys i'm gonna run um hopefully i run into some of you guys at this lead gen conference and look out for the next podcast i'm gonna actually spread out the podcast a little bit wider I'm going to be honest, it's been a little bit challenging to do the podcast every single week just due to how busy we've been in our business. But what I've decided is that even if I don't do a podcast every week and I do a podcast kind of every 10 days, I believe it's just as effective in getting content out there, giving insight, training. So instead of expecting podcast every week, start expecting the podcast to be like every 10 days, every week and a half kind of thing. And... I feel like that's going to be a good sustainable rhythm for me, guys. So I hope that you enjoy this. Look out for the next one. And always like this stuff, share it, post it on your LinkedIn, start to syndicate it. And um, we'll talk soon. All right, guys. Talk in a bit.